Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting on a Sunday afternoon. I'm female, my pronouns are she, her. And we of course acknowledge that we're broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledging the intersection of the LGBTI and Indigenous communities that includes sister girls and brother boys. Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and we'll be, well, definitely throwing it all into the pan today. Um, be joined on the phone at quarter past 12 by the head honcho of Rainbow Families, Victoria, Felicity Marlowe, and opened up today with, um, well, Stone Cold's theme. Well, many reasons for doing that. One, because we can, and we acknowledge um, World Wrestling Entertainment. Two... In the unlikely um, news of the week, um, Stone Cold, who one of his catchphrases was throw me a beer, I'm thirsty, has um, decided to go alcohol free, which is quite extraordinary, almost as, um, no, I'd better not say anything political given that we're in an election period. And um, three, because it's one way you can get in touch with the show by Twitter, my Twitter handle, at Sal Gold said so. Lots of other ways to get in touch too, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61. 61- Four five six seven five one two one five, or tweet, as I said, at Sal God said so. Look for the posts on Facebook, my page, and out of the pan, 3CR 855A in Melbourne. However, um, having done all that introduction, I am joined in the studio, definitely a case of a bee buzzing in, um, the president of Bisexual Alliance, Victoria Rebecca Dominguez. Rebecca, your first time after all these, these years actually in the 3CR studio. That's right. It's my first time in the studio. It's very nice, must say. It's very, it's, it's luxurious in a, in a comfortable sort of way. So, um, bise- you know, we're in this in just under two weeks. Well, this time in two weeks we'll have had the state election, we'll have been, or will we have been had, but... Um, um, obviously, LGBTIQA plus people have interests heading into this election and um, wanted to get yourself in and Felicity on the line today to talk about that. So, um, well, I haven't got anyone from the ACE community in, so B comes next. You're here. I am. Um, if bisexuals ruled the state parliament after, um, in two weeks' time, what would we want? <laughs> We would want something. I mean, this is the thing. The bisexual community for a long time has been neglected by politicians and at times other larger LGBTI organisations. It's nice that we are finally, you know, we have the seat at the table at last. We um, would like to see work on, you know, reducing violence against bisexual people and whether it be family violence or intimate partner violence. Mm -hmm. We'd like to see... um, work done on assisting bisexual people with mental health issues 
from living, which is a result of living in a biphobic society. Mm-hmm. More acceptance and understanding of the um, bisexual people. And, and by using the term bisexual, I'm referring to anyone who is multigender attracted. Mm-hmm. It's just the label that I use for myself. I'm very sorry, I tend to use a short and for all multigender attracted people. Yeah. Um, but I'd really like to see a lot of funding and programs towards supporting our community because we do have some very poor mental health statistics, violence statistics, poverty statistics, and as well the uh, abuse of alcohol and other drugs, which are, which is a form of self-medication yeah. for this. And it would be really great if there were more programs to help build us up. Yeah, and just, you know, well, you, know you could use the phrase, give us a hand up, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that sounds like a pretty fair agenda. Let's um, well, let's drill through a couple of those. Let's go into a greater detail. Um, family violence, including intimate partner violence, um, you know, um, sadly, it happens in all relationships of regardless of gender, sexual orientation, or anything else, and that sort of thing. What are some specifics that bi people face um, that well, we'll say compare and contrast to other relationships. So bisexual women are more likely to face um, intimate partner violence and family violence than lesbian women or straight women. Mm-hmm. Um, bisexual men are more likely to face intimate partner violence than gay men, mm-hmm. um, and obviously straight men. Straight men, although they do experience family and intimate partner violence, it is not um, at the levels that women tend to. Yep. Um, sadly, I don't have the statistics on bisexual, trans, and um, mm. gender diverse people because that that study has not been done much in that space yet. Yeah, and so and when I say you know bisexual women face a lot more violence, I mean like sixty one percent bisexual women in one particular study that was done in the US, and there's no reason to think that the the numbers here would be much different. Yeah, though again the study breaking down violence across each of the individual letters of our rainbow community and the general broader um, whole community has not actually been done to that level. So we rely on statistics in other Western nations to try and draw parallels. Yeah. And as you, as you say, there's every reason to think it's similar or even if it's one or two point difference it points out what you know if it's 62 or 59 or whatever you know it's still 62 or 59 percent too much for yeah, sure exactly and there certainly shouldn't be a disparity because of someone's sexual orientation to start with so yeah there's some obviously some big issues going on there um what about issues in employment for example that's something that can come up as well i suppose for by people and this again compares and contrasts well there's a lot fewer bisexual people out. Mm-hmm. Um, that studies have been done across, including Australia, as well as um, other Western nations, where bisexual people are far less likely to be out. In particular, bisexual men are less likely to be out. Um, and if you're not out, you don't necessarily have the ability to find community, and therefore you don't have the ability to find support. Um, the statistics regarding poverty in the bisexual community are quite surprising. Um, even in the Australian data, um, bisexual people are less likely to... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. Less likely to be, um, in, you know, be able to get salary progression, even if they are not out. Like, it just seems to be that bisexual people are 
somehow identified in ways that they are then you know are stigmatized even if they're not out so they're more, they're more likely to be unemployed um, than gay lesbian and straight people probably less likely they're more likely to be employed than trans and gender diverse people yep um, they are more likely to be seeking assistance so whether that be from food banks or charities or um, in relation to housing so that they can keep their head above water effectively and they need so there's, there's a lot more need of financial support and other housing programs for the bisexual community yeah so you, you've hit a good point there you know um, something that was in terms of the work stuff i mean lots of good points one that came to mind was often is if in my proverbial day job i go to a workplace where there's a, an employee affirming their gender identity and we talk about how much happier, more productive, content they're going to be now that they can be themselves in all, more of their life, hopefully all. And one wonders for those by men, you know, if you can't come out at work, you know, you're constantly on the lookout and, well, can I tell someone, should I not tell someone? You're, you're limiting yourself, stressed, less creativity, can't get promoted. So there's a sense of underemployment, not achieving potential. Absolutely. And there's the additional burden as well that because bisexuality or any multi or any multi gender attracted identity is um seen as not valid. Mm. Um if people do come out as bisexual then they're always told, Oh, you're not really you're on your way to being gay or no, you're just flirting you're just sort of teasing the gay mm. and lesbian community. You're not genuine and so there's a lot of um, fear of coming out because you can be instantly rejected and all the things that can come negatively that can come with that in a workplace of bullying, ostracism, etc. Because you, by people who identify as multi-gender attracted are, are sort of seen as a, they don't fit, they don't fit mm. anywhere. Yeah. They, they, they don't, they're not part of the sexual binary of gay or straight, they're not they're not part of they're not properly part of a community we can allegedly just go off and pretend to be straight yet you know that pretending to be anything is not actually healthy for you yeah and it's it's quite um problematic when as a bisexual person you have to constantly affirm and argue for your identity and it gets tiring and people just stop absolutely you know the idea that you have to argue for your identity you know um, is sad in itself for anyone. You know, the fir- I often say the first form of prejudice is denial that a group exists, um, you know, um, or that what happened to them exists when it's um, negative, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, it is exhausting just to get yourself sort of remotely on the map, let alone near the proverbial capital city of the country. So, yeah, it's a big, big issue um, to start with. So there's lots of issues in there. I reckon what we're going to do is we'll have a track um, and we'll get Felicity Marlowe on the line and start linking some things together um, for by and families and um, um, have the two of you having a chat. And um, in the meantime, if we're talking families, I always thought about this um, song. Yes, it's the immortal Paul Kelly singing it, but it could be anyone um, about a parent of any gender because, of course, tone of voice doesn't necessarily imply a gender, does it, um, of um, a child singing, uh, sorry, a parent singing to their child about a mother. 
It's called When I First Met Your Ma. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR On Demand, 3CR um, Digital, and on lots of ways to listen. You're on Out of the Pan with Sally and guest for them, um, Rebecca Dominguez from Bisexual Alliance, to be joined by Felicity Marlowe from Rainbow Families after the track and messages. So, right, okay, here we go. Here we go. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, I've just been shown something incredibly unhelpful. He's just written, written down the wrong frequency and shown it to me. I think it's very funny. We have silence, please. This is for radio. Come on. Yeah. Right, here we go. Hi, this is Jay Wilgus Esquire from Public Service Broadcasting, and you are listening to 3CR Community Radio on 855am on your dial. Please subscribe. Good now. For 10 days in November, Defend and Extend's public housing will be campaigning on the steps of Parliament House to make public housing an election issue. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us anytime from Wednesday the 14th of November, that's midday the 14th of November, to Saturday midnight the 24th of November and put the spotlight on public housing this Victorian state election. Use Victoria's stamp duty revenue approximately $6 billion plus per year for public housing. House 1 million Victorians by 2029. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us. Bring tea, bring coffee, bring cakes, bring food, bring your musical instruments and most importantly of all, bring yourself and your sleeping bag. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, and three CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guest Rebecca joined any second by Felicity Marlowe. And well, a bit of Queen in the background of that message. There's a of course Bohemian Rhapsody. There was a three CR fundraiser and lots of others during the week um, to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and I must have been, I haven't seen it yet myself. Neither have I, sadly. Yes. Interesting to see how bisexuality will be portrayed in there. There's been all sorts of um, debate on social media and internet and that sort of thing. Um, prior to the messages, well, we heard a beautiful track by Paul Kelly, which um, really could be any parent singing to their child about um, a, the, a, mo- a mother. Uh, of course, you could be in a relationship with two mothers. Um, there's all sorts of families in, in, in Rainbow Families. And on the line, the Executive Director of Rainbow Families Victoria, Felicity Marlowe, joins us. Hey, Felicity, how are you going? Hey, Sally. Hey, Rebecca. I'm good, thank you. Hey, good, 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 good. Um, you're out, you're just having a breather on a, in the sunshine on a Sunday afternoon, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, but um, you've taken some time out to phone in because um, lots of things to talk about for families of in terms of rainbow families at this election. And well, I suppose you know housing for homeless rainbow families could be an issue. But um, go for your life. Um, Rebecca talked about some bi-specific issues in the opening segment. Um, you know, things like um, disproportionate intimate partner violence and obviously lack of um, inclusive, or not lack, but um, severe shortage of inclusive services, um, employment issues, and you've got other angles, so um, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Sally. Um, yeah, look, I would absolutely agree with Rebecca there that um, the looking at particularly at family violence and intimate partner violence through a rainbow families lens is pretty crucial. We've got those five recommendations from the Royal Commission into family violence that particularly targeted the LGBTIQ communities. And I think um, a lot of work has been done, but probably more in the space of 
particularly thinking about the impact of violence on, on children and young people in um, rainbow families where there's been separation and non-intimate partner violence. Mm. So that would be up there. Um, I guess we always look at the ages and stages. So one of our big asks is always what's happening in the assisted reproductive treatment space and in within things to do with legal parentage and birth certificates. So for a long time, one of our big campaign asks of every politician and parliament, parliamentary party as they head towards an election and while they're in government is to say, you know, you need to recognise our families have more than two parents often and we'd love there to be a way um, to legally acknowledge that in Victoria. It would make us the first state or territory to acknowledge in Australia that people do, not just parent in exclusive partners, but they do actually, sometimes these kids have one, two, three or four or more um, adults who are responsible for their care and nurture. So that's a big ask for us. I get, you know, if the big thing is, um, you know, making sure the law reflects the reality of our kids' lives, then that would be a really big, significant win for us to get birth certificates to, re- to reflect that. And I guess that probably goes down also to another set of birth certificate reforms I'm sure you've talked about, Sally, um, in terms of sex and gender descriptions on, um, on birth certificates too. And those, you know, that's definitely a conversation and an action that needs to take place. Well, absolutely. Um, You know, the sad history of the second half of 2016 and some of the debate in state parliament. So, yeah, the outcome in two weeks, we'll just say critical on um, whether we can get some progress there. So, yeah, still lots, lots to go on for families, which you just outlined. Um, You know, sort of, so that that was one legal reform. So other legal reforms, but also just social policy type of stuff um, where, you know, you know that there might be some inequity mm. for rainbow families compared to, well, the proverbial mum, dad and 2.4 kids yeah. type of family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I think there's some um, definite outcomes around, like I said, parentage. So, you know, it's great we've got altruistic surrogacy provisions in Victoria that allow you to create a family if you can find an egg donor and a surrogate. But we'd like there to be a way for that to be a lot easier for anyone who would need to create their family that way um, and to have either an egg bank or provisions for remunerating surrogates for the work that they do rather than just paying a sort of a minimum legislated amount for medical um, expenses, etc. So those things are important. Recognising um, uh, parents on birth certificates through altruistic surrogacy is really important as well as siblings. And also looking at a way for those children who've already been created through um, accessing international surrogacy to have a way for their legal parentage of the parents, which in the in you know as an outcome is for the best interest and rights of kids to know cert- with certainty who their legal parents are in Victoria and in Australia. So we'll never stop on that that ask. It's always been one that we've been talking about since about 2002. Um, and of course, the big one really is then what happens in early childhood, primary schools and secondary schools when our kids get to those, that stage and we're sending them off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so curriculum, we're really interested in looking at what goes on. What does an LGBTIQ plus as well as a rainbow family friendly school curriculum look like? There's outcomes that you can achieve through the um, various different curriculum authorities that are set in Victoria and federally with the Ausbell, the... Um, curriculum models. So, you know, we need to have some curriculum content that is better reflective of our um, kids' experiences and their lives and the culture and communities they live in. So that's a really big one for us. And I think 
you know, I'm sure Rebecca mentioned it and it's probably something not too far away from a lot of people's mind is um, what is actually happening to make sure that our schools in Victoria are safe and inclusive and um, representative of the LGBTI young people that are in those schools and communities as well. So, you know, I um, think that's a really big issue and Rainbow Science Victoria is proud to be part of the um, Education Equality Alliance, which mm. is this week going to start pushing out some of our key messages to politicians and parliamentarians and, I guess, aspiring politicians <laughs> to say, you know, what a whole group of us are thinking is really needed in the education space. Yeah, lot, lots to lots to consider. So yeah, and I mean we're only t- we've just taken two areas at random here today in terms of um, by and families. So, but um, you know even those breaking those down um, lots. So um, I suppose let me let me put a question to you. If you um, I had all of um, Dan, Matthew, um, Samantha, <laughs> and I'll I'll add in Fiona. <laughs> dare yeah, I say it, for good <laughs> for good re- for good reason. <laughs> it's bisexuality. We've got to do puns. <laughs> should see Rebecca's face here. <laughs> um, you had you had them in in a room. You had them in your spell um, in a legal and ethical way. What would be the what would be the take home message for you? What what would you like to get through to them that they could just not walk away from, and then they'd have to act on? Oh, wow, Sally, that is just like a tantalising vision. Um, <laughs> I guess I'd really, do you know what I would like? I would like to not only be the pers- only person in the room, I'd actually like all our kids to be in the room because, to be Aww. perfectly honest, they're the people for whom um, all of these changes are of the most benefit. And if they look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to discriminate against you because your parent is trans, or I'm sorry, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to discriminate, they probably wouldn't say, I'm sorry, I'm going to discriminate against you because you yourself are questioning your gender or sexuality, and to be able to actually have to say that to the to the people for whom the legislation matters most, I think would be really powerful. So in some ways, I'd subvert your whole idea by just making them come to someone's home, sit with the kids, the young people that, you know, a lot of our kids are also queer or trans or gender diverse themselves. Um, you know, I don't just live in a rainbow family's vacuum. And I think that's one way, just to show these kids are loved and nurtured and they need those sort of legislative supports to make sure that legally these their families are recognised. Um, that's so, anyway, that's probably a very boring answer. You wanted me to say something way more <laughs> interesting. No, I think that's possibly think... the best answer you could have come up with to a totally <laughs> left-field question. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, so I think those things, like the meeting people and, and remembering that they have this incredible privilege in their roles as politicians and policymakers and that, you know, it might be nice to have an argy-bargy on the front pages of the Herald Sun or in Parliament, in the chambers, but at the end of the day when they sign on the dotted line on something, we're the ones that wear it in the schools when there's no sexuality ed that includes how our kids were formed or where, you know, our kids are the ones that come home from high school and going, you know, I was... You know, I'm sick of being bullied and teased and there being no program that supports me as a bisexual or gender diverse or non-binary kid. Um, you know, we're the ones that end up going to maternal child health nurses who say, oh, but who's the real mother? So, yes. yeah. you know, we really need to sort of make sure they recognise that those day-to-day little microaggressions that get that up and, and for everyone's mental health and wellbeing would be much better if they had a really, really did think about the impact of all of those laws on our kids and families. Yeah. Oh, look, I, th- I think... I can't. I can't really top that at all. <laughs> Seriously, you've you've just um, you've done you've done it proud there. I mean, that's just sensational. So, 
Um, look, I'll let you get back to your Sunday walk, I think. I think you've been released. <laughs> oh, we're totally at the end of the walk. That was um, two hours around Ruffy Park in sunny Templestowe with oh. the Gog and Fort Kids. So, yes, I'm ready for another coffee. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 look, hey, it's Melbourne. We've got to let you have a coffee then. <laughs> All right. Thanks, well, Sally. We'll see what happens, um, see if our visualisations work and see where we're at in two weeks. And, of course, yep. um, next week on the show, Dale Park from the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby will be in to discuss the results of the survey of political parties. We'll see if our wishes have possibly been heeded by some of them then. But in the meantime, thanks, Fliss. No worries. Love your work. See you, Sally. Bye. Bye. Felicity Milo, Executive Director of Rainbow Families Victoria. So we've sort of um, put two so, um, put two pieces of jigsaw on the table. We'll have a, a wonderful track um, um, coming up next, and then we'll sort of come back and start pulling some pieces together. I reckon um, with Rebecca, who's still here in the studio. In the meantime, here's a uh, track that, well, Rebecca, you might be familiar with. Three CR eight five five AM. 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Rebecca. Bisexuals, we can't talk about them and sing about them enough because we're awesome and we're biased on the two people in this studio, or maybe biased and maybe not. Um, so um, anyway, um, and that of course is someone called James Dominguez on lead vocals, um, joined in the studio by someone James knows incredibly well, Rebecca Dominguez, President of Bisexual Alliance Victoria in the last segment. We had Felicity Marlowe on the line um, talking about the needs of rainbow families. So let's sort of start gluing a few bits together both for bi and families and then maybe we'll sort of put it back into the whole picture for the rainbow communities. I mean, any thoughts sort of leap out at you as as Fliss was talking there? Um, I think the, the distance our politicians have from their constituents is yep. a big one. It's... The populace is seen as a, as a homogenous mass. They're not seen in their various differences, whether that be the members, membership of the rainbow com- community and or different faith groups and or ah. different backgrounds, cultural, ethnic, nationality, First Nations status. All this stuff is not... This is just like, well, if we have a program for X, that will, that will meet all the requirements, where it doesn't. No, we, um, of course, a big... A big intersection, um, so to speak, and I suppose that leads to a point. I'm going to go right off on a tangent here because I feel like I can. Um, we're coming up this week, of course, to um, the anniversary of the announcement of the postal survey result, 15 November last year, Wednesday last year, Thursday this year, and of course there was a big attempt by the right to um, polarise. You know, LGBTI is yes and religion is no, sort of thing. Which, of course, you've just touched on. We are, of course, intersectional, and there are people of faith and religion who um, would have voted yes and people who would have voted no on the whole thing. But I suppose this, um, you know, this anniversary thing's coming up. Um, a year on, you know, any thoughts, personal or on behalf of BioLiance, you know, looking back at it now and where we, where we are since? I found the whole plebiscite survey thing thing well, there's not, a good, I will, I will very not polite use the swear word. words that i use that normally associate with it <laughs> um, as a really divisive and harmful experience that our communities went through mm. i i know that this is not just the view that um, i have because we were running our the bisexual discussion groups which we have once a month as a peer support space and everyone was really hurting yeah not just from the 
negative stuff on the right but even within our own community there was a lot of erasure of the bisexual community so we were feeling attacked from or harmed from both sides and it was really harmful and it's taken a lot of time for a lot of people to get over that yeah do you think people are beginning at least to move through now from communities like by i think so i think the the whole time and distance from the event um i think though there is the risk that depending on how the anniversary is recognized by different groups for example if the members of the federal liberal party try and claim credit Mm. for example then you know there's going to be the the reminder of the pain i think that you know it it australia in general needs to be aware and a lot of them aren't a lot of sorry a lot of people aren't um need to be aware of how harmful that whole um, experience was for our communities all of them were no, no one came out of that going oh yes this is the best thing that's ever happened so many people were like happy that they could get married but devastated that they had to go through that experience yeah pretty much i mean there's a few points in there i mean in the words of uh, basil faulty don't mention malcolm turnbull on q a on thursday i did once but i think i got away with it um that would be probably a case where both of us wouldn't want to swear would i be reasonable no, yeah we'll, we'll avoid the swearing yeah oh, i have to say a big woohoo to the audience though who held him down for trying to take credit so i think and i mean don't know that everyone in there is a yes voting or and or lgbti person but i think that says something that there was such a chorus which i think is really cool that people are not going to take no nonsense from nobody so that's something but yeah the the pain is is slowly subsiding but it actually links back to what we you know talked about in the first segment about by people having worse mental health outcomes because we are you know you know, face we face nonsense from elements of broader society and from elements of, say, gay and lesbian, which is really um, hurtful. And the problem is, I don't know if some of the it was I found it actually stressful and frustrating this week as seeing some of these books start coming out. And as someone, when I posted about one of them from one of the prominent Yes campaigners, said, "Will any of the proceeds be going to buy trans um, queer people of colour?" That sort of thing. I thought, what a good response. And it just seems to me like some of the Yes campaigners are now trying to write their version of history. And I I haven't read the book, um, some of these books yet, but I know there's one by people who do take a more critical view of the Yes campaign. Um, So, yeah, there's still that going on. But have people learned? You know, will people come to buy specific, buy people first for buy info? That sort of thing, I suppose, is where we link this back into the state election. I think there is a growing understanding that... If you want to be properly informed on the bisexual community issues and how to reach the bi community, you go to the bi community groups. That has taken a very long time. It is 2018. Um, you'd think that people would have figured out that you know speaking on behalf of a community group they don't represent or are not a member of um, would have been something they would have addressed years ago. But it is definitely becoming a thing and it's good. Um, I hope that it continues and that more and more um, my voices are heard so that the, the breadth of our experience and diversity is, is fully understood. Yeah. No, look, I, th- I think we need that. And same for trans. And look, we've just, just come out of a, a key period for intersex, um, people with intersex variations, um, you know, with Intersex Awareness Day and Intersex Remembrance Day. And I'm quite confident that I know they want 
to lead their own campaign, which really doesn't anyone want to do that. You know, no one wants to have someone else speak for them, even if you th- the other people get it right. It sort of says, well, you can't speak for yourself. We have to do it for you. You know, that sort of thing, which is pretty, yeah. I think there's there's times, so, for example, if you are in a meeting with your organisation and someone says something um, that's totally incorrect about the bisexual community or the transgender diverse community or the intersex community or the asexual communities and you stand up and say, actually, that's wrong. Mm, true. That's completely fine. But if you are, if you are posing yourself as an expert in, these, uh, in our lived experience and you are not someone from our any of our those communities then don't yeah yeah no that's that's a fair point we need the allies out there to um yeah you know, stand up for us particularly if we're there's no one no known by ace trans intersex people in the room um and hopefully then someone else can come in and pick up and we've actually i actually had a text in um sort of yesterday um i don't often check the little text device um outside of the show but um, actually, just early in the show, um, <clears throat> there's a um, launch of a book, um, and this is um, later this afternoon down at readings um, of the new Yes campaign book um, with some people, and um, also that's from our one of our regular correspondents, Roving Reporter, who's out and about. But I, I'm also going to go off on an even further left field, but I think we've got to... Um, um, you know, and that's of course the horrendous situation on Friday in the in Burke Street, and um, roving reporters put in another message about um, you know um, the situation of losing Stasi from Pellegrini's that we don't know, don't need to know the person, but to understand that Melbourne has a huge cosmopolitan heart, you know how true, and you know just every, everyone's in just absolute shock at the whole thing, including that part of it, and um, yeah, what a terrible loss and apparently he just thought the car was on fire and was going over to help the person you know which is just oh it's hard hard to say but yeah cosmopolitan heart not wanting to make link make any politics out of that issue but yeah we do have a cosmopolitan heart in melbourne and it's a very positive thing absolutely i i love how non-homogenous melbourne is and this how you can hear multiple languages as you walk down the street and you can see people who have different backgrounds so you can connect with people and just learn more about yourself as well as them yeah it's all great yeah oh there was uh <laughs> that reminds me from way back when i did stand up there's a great comedian tanya lasano if i might remember her name correctly who's of italian background and that sort of thing and she used to make a joke about how she was walking um down Sydney Road in Brunswick, bumped into a woman wearing a hijab and um, the person under the hijab just says, no worries, mate, or something. And I do I do love that about Melbourne. And, of course, um, well, on a, an important but a slightly lighter note, yes, we've got lots of great food and coffee. What else do you need? Exactly. <laughs> because of multiculturalism. But we do learn and we sort of you know, think, oh, okay, you've got something to offer. So have you, so have you, so have you. And we're all people with all something unique, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, a huge situation that has emerged there since Friday and, yeah, hopefully we'll um, keep sticking together on it. All right, um, let's have a musical break and, yeah, huge condolences to staff, uh, family, staff, customers of Pellegrini's, yeah, just an absolute Melbourne institution, but also wishing the speediest recovery for those still in hospital. I believe there's two people I'm still in this time, one from Tasmania and another from elsewhere from here in Melbourne. So 
yeah, um, a, a challenging time here in um, what can but has the potential to be such a great city this week. All right, come back and wrap everything up with Rebecca in a second. Um, but we were talking family with Felicity. Um, well, time for a camp classic. Um, I don't normally do these, but why not? Um, there's a good reason when you've got Sister Sledge, hopefully, coming out of the CD. What do you think of when you hear the word drugs? Medicine. Medicine. Uh, recreational. There's lots of things, isn't there? <laughs> Covers all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? It's a bad thing, but... I don't know, people get good feelings off of Fun. Entheogenesis. Stupid. Fun. Youth. Yeah, fun. Uh, bad. <laughs> Dirty syringes. Shake my head. <laughs> Cocaine. Hate them. Scourge. I'm agreeing with him. Trouble or maybe addiction, something like that. Something I don't relate to at all. I don't understand. Party time. Well, generally, sort of loser. Everything of that recreational joke. I don't know, drugs, bad. Medicine. Help people. Helping people with their conditions, whatever that may be. What is the drug user? Who is this person a drug user? In Psychedelia, we're here to rethink the psychoactive paradigm. Sunday afternoons on 3CR, 2 till 3pm. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Lots of ways to listen to 3CR and um, if you are, um, thank you for tuning in by whatever means, wherever you are. Um, well, at least on this planet, if, and I always, I always say, if you're somewhere else in the known universe, we'd love to hear from you and prove that there's life in, on other planets or something. Very quickly, things that are coming up during the week. Um, the Trans Anxiety um, Discussion Group meets in Carlton um, on Wednesday evening. Um, check out transgendervictoria.com for more information. For the Kingsters, you've got provocation in the city. And, of course, um, if you um, are not going out that night, you could always watch Bent TV. Uh, and that gets us through, and of course we're um, a couple of weeks away from the next by discussion group, which is always on the fourth Tuesday of the month in at Carlton as well. That's right. So yeah, be there, come along and find out, well, well this is a face for radio, but um, Rebecca's, of course, is much better. Um, if you want some cover- more coverage of the election, I've just noticed a good article in The Guardian today, um, Reason versus Socialism in Victorian Election. Um, it compares and contrasts Fiona Patton vis-a-vis Stephen Jolly in the Northern Metropolitan Upper House seat, um, if you're in that area. So um, there's a, um, a, some more information as well. Um, so, yeah, let's try and wrap it all up in the last two or three minutes of showtime that we have, um, you know, sort of on um, the state election. You know, we've heard um, from Felicity, and thanks for Felicity for being on the show. We've heard, heard your thoughts on lots of things by... How do we put it all together? You know, so I'm not going to say I'm not, repeat not, you know, don't tell anyone how to vote, but, you know, sort of if any or all of LGBTIQA plus issues are of interest, what do people overall need to think about? That sort of stuff. I think it's important to think about the track record of the um, various political parties in supporting the LGBTIQ plus communities. Yep. Um, As well as you said that you have... Dale on next week with the survey results from the politicians yes. and the political parties. I think that is going to be really key in knowing what the parties um, 
are planning to do and or support for mm-hmm. the various parts of our community and that will be key reading. I'm really looking forward to mm. seeing that report and also listening to the show and have his thoughts on that. So, yeah, it's what has what have the various political parties done and or said recently about us that will you know Im- impact us positively or negatively and how can we you know vote based on those things yeah so if you are interested you can um look to the site um rainbow votes 2018 um which will um tell you um, all about this sort of thing, Rainbow Votes. Um, if you put in rainbowvotes.org.au, it will divert to where you need to go um, for um, the state election and watch um, during the week, but definitely by next Sunday. Um, we'll have it all up and available. I think it's meant to be available tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, that means I'll have to do that thing called preparation for next week's yes. show. And, of course, yeah, I just wanted to say, um, you know, there are a couple of things today. We did mention family violence, including intimate partner violence, and also... If remembering this time last year was stressful, remember to call the good people at QLife, including Switchboard, 1800 184527. Take care during the week. And, of course, we're coming up for Trans Day of Remembrance um, Tuesday week on November the 20th. And Transgender Victoria is having a candlelit vigil down at Hares and Hyenas starting about 6.30. Excuse me. With a big focus on trans and gender diverse people of colour, which, you know, we were talking intersectionality. Um, so that's very, very important as well, as we said, that we look at that intersectionality. Rebecca, thanks for coming in. Gosh, no the, hour, the hour just flies. It does. You were a bee buzzing in and now you're going to fly out. Um, look, a pleasure to have you in, in the studio at long last. We um, come back again, as the as the, mon, uh, the old um, uh, Daddy Call song said. said. And, yep, everyone think um, start thinking um, and looking out for the information. And, um, yeah, um, um, next week on the show, as I say, Dale Park, a couple of weeks' time, um, be having a representative of the new Biden New South Wales organisation in, or on the show. They won't be TARDISing down from Sydney, but, um, hey, um, more more bees the better. And also um, a big live performance at some point before the end of the year as well. So there's lots happening um, to look forward to on the show. Rebecca, thanks for coming in again. Um, take it out today with um, a track from the... Um, Kate Sobrano and Friends TV show from some years ago. It's a Crosby, Stills and Nash track called Our House. Let's have a rainbow house. Thanks for coming in, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.